Welcome into another episode of Patrick Jones Baseball, where we find the best tools to build the best players. On this episode, we have Dave Anderson. Dave played 10 years in the major leagues, won a World Series with the Dodgers in 1988, coached in the major leagues for the Texas Rangers, has been an infield coordinator, minor league manager. He's been in professional baseball for over 40 years. This past year, he was actually my manager um, when I was with the Orioles in Loe. So I really enjoyed my time with him. He's someone who brings so much experience to to the game of baseball and, and just when he's coaching. And I, I enjoyed listening to a lot of his stories throughout the year and a lot of just really good tips that you only would know about if you had 40 years of experience doing something. So appreciate Dave coming on the show. And I enjoy listening to, to coaches and players who who have been at the highest level and have had some success and have been doing it a long time too, just because you can't Google that information. So um, I, I think this would be a, a valuable episode if, if you're someone who, who loves baseball, loves player development, and you know likes, likes listening to uh, – to hear someone talk who's been in the game for over 40 years. This episode is brought to you by Driveline Plus. Driveline Plus is a growing library of the best information on baseball player development. Members will find how-tos on baseball technology and the latest research findings from Driveline's lab, along with inside access to Driveline trainers to make sure you can effectively coach your team. Plus members also get the best discounts you can find on Driveline training gear. Listeners of this podcast can get $25 off their first year of Driveline Plus using coupon code JONES25. That's JONES25 for $25 off your first year of Driveline Plus. Go to drivelinebaseball.com slash plus to learn more. Also wanted to mention that if you haven't already, so you, just to make sure you don't miss any episode of the podcast, and also I'm putting out a lot of drills and other different pieces of content via email only, make sure to head to patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop, sign up for my email list there, because that's where all the episodes will go, and also where I'll be putting out a lot of different tips and drills and things like uh, of that nature only via email. So patrickjonesbaseball.com slash develop and put in your information and, and you won't miss an episode or any pieces of content. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my episode with Dave Anderson. All right, we now welcome on Dave Anderson. Dave played 10 years in the major leagues, 1988 World Series champion. Dave, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. So if you, as you look back on your career, as a, as a, maybe we'll start out as a player, what, what's one thing that if you could, could go back and change, you would? Um, you know, I think my, my path to the major league was pretty standard. Um, high school, being going to college, dropped out of college, and then entering professional baseball. Um, obviously the unique spark, the unique, unique thing about my career is that I only played 11 and a half years, but I played 10 in the big leagues. So I didn't spend a lot of time in the minor leagues. Um, and I think that would have helped me a lot more if I would have stayed probably a little bit more longer in the minor leagues. It was a good thing I got to the major leagues, but, um, my first year in the big leagues didn't play hardly at all. And it just sat there. I think playing every day in AAA at that time, which was very competitive uh, when I was playing in AAA, I think that would have helped me prepare myself better and I would handle some of the situations a little bit different. So you think the because you got there so 
early that you weren't ready just mentally? Well, I think that was one of it. Yes, I think mentally was one of them. But uh, I think the thought process back then was if you're in the major leagues, you're going to be around it. You're going to learn from it. You're going to see how the major leagues played. You're going to be around really good players. Um, but it's really hard when you're playing against very good players and you've had limited time playing professional baseball. So I think that would have helped me a lot more. Uh, it probably took me two or three years to finally feel comfortable at the major league level, learn how to play the game and understand how it's played, how to prepare and the whole thing. You, I mean, what I like talking to like when I, I like talking to you because you've, you played, you coached, you, you know, you still, you know, coach this past year, you were, you know, my manager in, in Delmarva. So you've really seen it all. You've, you've seen the progression from, you know, years and years ago, the way player development was to the way it is now. And so maybe if, if you as a player, would you have trained any differently now knowing what you know now? No, there's no question I would have changed different. There's no question about it. I mean, how we did things, you know, to get in shape, we just pounded it, ran, 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 you know, and did all that stuff. I think um, some of the things that are doing now, I think it'd be a lot better. A lot of the stretching, a lot of the, a lot of, I, I keep telling my wife a lot of times that I've probably done Pilates back then, yeah. you know, if we had, we'd have had Pilates, but yeah, I think we would have, because we just pounded it, you know, yeah. and swung and swung and swung and, and took a gazillion ground balls and did all that. So I think, you know, I think there were some other things we could have done that would have helped keep us healthy. I and mean, we didn't lift very many, hardly ever any weights we lifted during the season. So all that was in the off season. So I think uh, during the season, if we'd had a routine, I think that would have helped too. But we just went out there and, and played hard and worked hard and did all those things. And, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of guys are so successful because of that fact. But I think it also caused a lot of injuries and, and hurt guys that probably would have played better. What, what's one piece of advice you would give to maybe like high school coaches who are trying to develop infielders? I mean, you're an infield juggernaut yourself. So wait, what's, what's one piece of advice you'd give them? I think basically just stay simple with it. Um, an old coach of mine, Joe Mafatano, told me one time, as long as the players are handling the baseball, they're getting better. So, you know, I, I think a lot of times we try to try to change everything and and try to come up with some different things, which is exciting sometimes. But I think just stay very simple with it, you know, and I think that's going to help them. They're going to understand it um, and and get in some kind of routine. Just have a routine. Sometimes it might be the wrong routine, but at least if you have a routine, you got a chance. You can't be going all over the place. You know, is what we've did uh, during the season and with your guys, you keep them on a routine. You work on things, you, you go through the process and, and they get better because of that. So do you think that practicing hard, like in terms of random practice versus block practice, like where, where would you draw the line at between challenging them and, but not making it too hard? Well, I, I think uh, we've, I've always done that with, with infielders. We've always gone through the process, uh, learning the fundamentals of it, I think is important. So you get guys, they learn the fundamentals. And then I, I've always done at the end of my practice, a lot of times I challenge them a little bit. And I think we've all gone through the, okay, ninth inning, World Series, two outs, man on third, one run lead, ground ball, let's see what you can do and do those type things. So we've always done that thing. I think it's important to do that. Competition is what it's about. Because once the game starts, all the things that you've learned and it comes down to competing. And I think that's developing that is very, very important. One of the things that I liked you had told me uh, this past season, just because from some of the guys who were working on some things is guys who are 
making some throwing errors, your your advice was to literally just throw it as hard as you could. And that is what helped you figure out your arm slot and release point and things like that. Well, I think that's one of the biggest things that young kids come into professional baseball throwing. Uh, it's something that, you know, a lot of times the throwing happens because of you're not getting your feet in the right spot and that causes you to have problems throwing the ball. So I had a triple a coach in Del Crandall and I was having problems throwing the balls I was throwing it all over the place and and he was always telling me just let it go that's only where you're going to learn because everybody gets a little tentative they start squeezing the ball a little bit and he just said just fire it you know and I threw balls like four or five six rows up I did it one game I threw one about five rows up and cleared it out and I got back in the dugout and he was saying that away nice job keep doing it and and before that, I mean, when I got to the major leagues, I very rarely threw balls away. I mean, I was throwing balls all over the place, but I learned how to do that. And that's what the minor leagues are about. The minor leagues are about figuring things out. So when you get to the major leagues, you don't make those same mistakes. Well, and that's, I think that's a, a, a great point you just brought up right there that he, when you did make a mistake in the sense of throwing it in the stands, he didn't get on you at all. And I think that's where kids get so tentative is they're worried about someone getting on them if they make a mistake and, and that's why they just don't let it go. I, I think we all realize they're going to make mistakes. Um, it's not the last time they're going to strike out. It's not going to be the last time they strike out in the game. It's not going to be the last time they make an error. So that, that's going to happen. We always learn from our mistakes. The question I always have with them is if you keep making the same mistakes over and over and over again, we got to make an adjustment. You're going to throw some balls away every now and then and, and to start getting on them about it. And I, you know, that's the only time I always tell them if you make the same mistake over and over, we got to make a change. I had, I don't think you knew, I don't think you know this, but I had Paul Yanish on my podcast a couple months ago. He's, he's at Rice now coaching. And he said on the podcast, actually, he gave you a shout out. He said he loved working with you when you were with the Orioles. And I think he was in AAA. When you're, when you're working with older players like Paul or big leaguers, what, what's the difference between that and then working with a younger kid? Well, the older guys, especially AAA and the major league level, um, pretty good idea in what they're doing and how they're doing it. And so a lot of it's fine tuning, a lot of it's positioning on the field. A lot of it is being a rah-rah coach sometimes when they're down a little bit, um, keeping their hitting, not affecting their defense is a big part of it too. Triple A, we're fine tuning. We're trying to make the game a little bit easier for them. Uh, they've experienced a lot. They've made mistakes, they've made adjustments. And now it's kind of little things to see what's going on um, and maybe get them, give them some tips from when I played the, the problems I had at the major leagues when I first started. Uh, Paul obviously was a really good defender. There's no question about that. So there wasn't a whole lot of coaching going on there. Uh, uh, he's a guy you just put him in the line and play. Um, but I think it's uh, a lot of small adjustments that are made. And a lot of it's just a part of it, helping them out, go through some tough times. I've had players that, I've had for four or five years, and they always went through a period where they struggled at some point defensively. Just like you can get in the slump hitting, you can get in the slump defensively. And most of that, as we all know, as you know, as a hitting coach, is confidence. Yes. So try to keep them uh, on a level and and get them through that little dark part we have during the season. And then once they get over there, they're pretty good the rest of the season. What? How do you help them get over that that dark part during the during the season, or maybe that's a year? Well, a lot of times it's, you know, okay. It's like anything. When you when you have a player, whether it's hitting, defense, whatever it might be, and there's something going on that's making them not be successful right now, they're looking for answers. They're looking for help. They want something. 
And if you can pick one little thing out and say, this is what I see, just a little thing. And they're like, oh, that's what it is. So then they go out and they work a little bit on it and, and they go, yeah, this feels pretty good. Then they go out to keep playing. So I, I think you have to give them some help. And sometimes it's little things that um, help them get back to where they want to be. Because most of the time, that's what it is. Most of it's just confidence. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially defensively, it's their hitting is coming affect in their defense. What's one thing, having played in the major leagues, that you can only know about the big leagues by having by being able to play there? Like, what's one thing that y- there's no way you anyone else could know about? You'd ha- it's like you have to be there to know it. Well, the first thing you have to do is get over all the guys that you watch play because you've grown up watching these guys on television to watch them. Now you're actually playing against them or with them. So I think that's a big part. Is to tell yourself, okay. I belong here. I can play at this level. So I, I think that's a big part of it. But there's no way to simulate 705 at Yankee Stadium or Dodger Stadium. There's just no way. And I learned that my first one, I was with the Dodgers. We went to the uh, freeway series before the season starts. We played Anaheim. And we played Anaheim in, in, in a basically a spring training game that I started. And there were 62, 63,000 people there. And when you get out there, <laughs> you, then you realize yeah, I'm in the major leagues right now. There's a lot of people out here. And it takes you a while to understand that and play through that. And I was fortunate enough in that aspect that I played for the Dodgers. So we had sellouts every single night. And so you get used to that. But there's no way you can tell someone how that feeling is unless you're standing on that field. Yeah, that's that's awesome stuff. One of the things I remember you tell me this past season is, you know, how there was times throughout your career where you had to, you were kind of the late inning guy as a defensive replacement because of how good you were defensively. How, how do you stay ready during the game? I mean, it's hours, you know, you're just sitting there just waiting around. Like, how do you stay locked in physically, mentally, everything? Vince Scully always said the toughest thing to do is coming to be a defensive replacement because everybody expects you to catch the ball. If you go on there to pinch it, they don't expect you to get a hit a lot of times. It's so hard, but it's really, really hard, and it takes some time to learn how to do it. I started off my major league career doing a little bit of that, and then I played every day for a while, and then I went back to start doing that. And, you know, you start getting ready like the fifth inning, especially in the National League. That's why I love the National League, because you had so many opportunities to play in the game. With the DH and the American League, you really don't have a lot. Uh, in the National League, there's double switches, there's pinch run, there's pinch in. There's so many things to get involved in the game, so you have to be ready. So... I personally started in the fifth inning, started getting loose, started running, going, throwing the ball in the case a little bit, swinging a little bit and getting ready. So because a lot of times those things pop up in the National League, you know, all of a sudden the pitcher's the third hitter of the inning, the first two guys get on base, there's a guy in scoring position or behind and this go pinch hit, you know. So I think that's how you do you prepare yourself for it and get mentally ready to go. Yeah, that's something that I know a lot of people listening to this will, I think, is, is valuable because especially at travel baseball, high school baseball, even college, a lot of times it's like they're trying to get guys in to play. And but they have to, you got to be ready for your that opportunity because you, you may only get it once or twice. So I'm that's why I one of the reasons I wanted to ask you that just because. A, you did it at the highest level and were successful at. And I think that is pretty funny. That's a great point you brought up about as a defensive replacement, like you're, you are expected to make every play. That's literally why you're there. Yeah. And then you go out there in the ninth inning because you had double switch or whatever. Now you're playing shortstop and you haven't done anything for eight, eight innings. You've been sitting on the bench or trying to get loose and all that stuff. And now 
the tying run gets on third base with two outs and they hit your tough ground ball backhand. So, you know, you just got to be ready to go. And, and one of the things that helped me more than anything else, because a lot of times, especially when I was younger in my career, when I came into games that were blowout games, as we all know, young players go into the game when they're blowouts. And I played blowouts like it was a one run game. Mm. And that kept me mentally tough when I did go to a game where it was a one run game. Yeah, that's an, that's that's really good advice right there. What would what would you say is something that like that you would focus on while you're playing infield? Like what what specifically are you paying attention to, watching? Like take me through your mindset when you're playing uh, infield. Well, I think when you go out there, whatever position you're playing in the infield, especially if you're playing up the middle of the field, you're involved in a lot of different plays when you're in the middle of the field. So. I, I think you basically, when you go onto the field and situations happen, guys get on base, a different thing can happen from pitch to pitch. First, he started at first base and he stole second base. Now we're completely different. And I think one of the things that really helped me uh, get over 55, 60,000 people was, is I focused in on what the play was going to be, what was going to happen, what could happen. The man on first is shortstop. I thought about there's a base hit on the cutoff man, to third base, double play ball where I'm doing here. Uh, the feeds, I'm talking to the, the second baseman, we're moving around, we're making adjustments. And if you stay focused on those little things like that, it really helps you prepare you for the plays when they start happening. And I think that's the key for me was to just go through the scenario of what might happen in this situation. And now you're prepared for it. Because a lot of times I played and, and same thing when I was coaching third base, I did the same thing. And I was thinking, okay, this is going to happen. And you'd be surprised how many times that thing happened. Mm. Speaking of coaching third base, what, what were some of the, the things that surprised you when you started coaching third base in the big leagues, besides how fast the game is? Yeah, pretty much the speed of the game was really, really, really a lot different. I coached third base a lot in the minor leagues, and it's not, there's no comparison. It's a lot faster, a lot more things going on really, really quick. Um, what doing it in Marley prepares you is basically where to stand and how to coach third base and the mistakes you made, you look for those plays to happen. Um, the, for instance, the man on first base with two outs, we get a double, we're going to score this guy. And so you're prepared to send this guy if they throw the ball, wherever they might throw it. So I think that's the big thing. The preparation was a lot more obviously at, at the major league level. Uh, Cause I was also coaching the defense too. So in the, in between innings, I would coach the infielders and then run out there and coach their base, which I think really helped me, really helped me because it takes your mind off a lot of different things and you get focused in on something new. And, and it was one of my things I always wanted to do was coach their base in the major leagues. And uh, it's the best seat in the house, best seat in the house. We're watching really good players play. And, and when I was with Texas, we had a bunch of really, really good players. So it was, it was a lot of fun watching them play. And then just try to stay out of the way and not get <laughs> And not get on ESPN. That's all I was very worried about. Didn't you coach third base in the All-Star game too? Two All-Star games. Um, yeah. And the All-Star game, they, they turned the All-Star game, you know, from a from an exhibition type game where everybody's having fun and all that to it means something. You know, you got to win it so you're in your league and be, have the home field advantage. So it turned into actually trying to win the game. And, and I was not real happy with that. I just wanted to players go out play and have fun but now we're trying especially coaching third base you're trying to win the game yeah you know <laughs> trying to win yeah. the game what, what would you rather see me take a chance with two outs because we're trying to win this game and send a guy that gets blown up at home plate or watch david ortiz hit with the bases loaded in two outs right. ray <laughs> I mean, fossey 2.0 yeah so we you know i'm 
you know, I just wanted it to be an exhibition where the, where the fans can come out and see the players they want to see play and watch them hit and do all that. So um, that, that was, uh, that was one of those things you do a couple of times and that's enough of it. <laughs> and then you said uh, you have Derek Jeter's Jersey in your house and he, did you, it, was he in that all-star game? One of those? I, I think he was, I know for one, he was one in Arizona. I think he was because my mother-in-law went and talked to him and she had no idea who he was. Um, <laughs> um, I have his Jersey because I really like Derek Jeter a lot and, and didn't play against him. Obviously uh, the time and then we went to New York and played, they came to us. It was, he was a true professional and it was fun being around him and talking to him. And uh, so he is down there right next to Mike Trout, who I think is the best player in baseball. Um, and then the rest of them are all me. So <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, out of all the guests we've had on the, the podcast, I think your background with all the jerseys back there is probably the best, uh, best background we've seen. Yeah. It's just good to come down and look at them and, and think about the good times and the players. Uh, and, and once you, you stop playing, you know, the competition is great, but you can't compete at that level anymore, but just the guys, you know, being a part of that. And, and a lot of times I've gone back and, and been involved in some things when we uh, went back for the world series team, the Dodgers, we all got back together. It's like the day we stopped to the next day. It's just like that, you know, the nicknames, the ragging on each other and everything yeah. just went right back to it as quick as you could be. So it was a lot of fun. That's what you miss. And, and uh, I was fortunate enough to be a lot around a lot of really good players. When it comes to your coaching career, as you reflect back on it, what's something that, you know, you, you maybe made a mistake earlier on in your coaching career that if you could go back, you would change it? Well, it's an easy one. I went from playing the big leagues to managing in uh, rookie ball, short season rookie ball in the New York Penn League. And 10 years in the big leagues, I thought I knew everything. I was going to go down there and manage and, and turn everybody into 300 hitters and doing all that stuff and found out that I didn't know it all. Um, so that was a big step for me. And that's the way I completely changed how I did everything as far as managing, um, and tried all kinds of different things. And, you know, the situation with me, when I was a young manager, was the same thing. Now, when you're a young kid, you want to, you want to do things, you want to change things. You don't want to do everything the same way it's always been done. Cause you got tired of hearing, well, that's all, that's the way we've always done it. And so I tried to do different things with it and, and, and have fun with it. And I loved managing. It was so much fun. And I loved rookie, rookie ball because of the fact that guys would do anything you tell them. You could tell them, okay, they were going to run 50 poles. And they started lining up and started running. You know? <laughs> so I loved rookie ball. Um, I love double A because that's when you kind of see the guys that are going to play in the big leagues. Um, not a big fan of triple A. Um, but I think that's the thing that I walked in there with an attitude that I, that I knew a lot more than I really did. And once that happened, thank God it happened early in my career and I completely changed all the things that I did. So for, for, you know, for those out there who haven't obviously seen you coach or, you know, been with you, like I have, it seemed like, you know, you, you were pretty like you would get on guys when they needed to get on, but you were let them do their thing and, and be who they are too. And, you said right there that earlier on, you know, you try to do things different just because they were different. I think you see that sometimes now where in the player development room, like we're just going to do stuff different and, and do all this crazy stuff because they've always done it different in the past. So it's, it's interesting to hear you say that you kind of had the same mindset. And then as the further you went along in your coaching career, you kind of found your own way and, and it wasn't just doing stuff different just for the sake of doing it different. Well, I think everybody 
everybody has has learned from the people that they've learned from. I mean, I was with Tommy Disorder for eight years. I was with Roger Craig for a couple of years, and Dale Crandall, my AAA manager, who taught me a lot about baseball, all the infield and, and hitting coaches I was around. Joe Mafatano, I thought was the best third base coach in baseball. So you get a lot of input, and you as a player, and and you start taking some of those things. But then you have some things that that you want to try. And I tried a lot of different things and it got to the point. I mean, it was, I was hardheaded. No question about that. I was, I, I'm going to do it this way. I don't care what happens. <laughs> We're going to do it this way. And you kind of figure it out as you go, what, what works and, and how important communicating with the players is. I think I lacked that a little bit early in my career because I was so focused on managing the game and, and trying to win the game and do all those things. And I think I learned as we went on how important communicating with the players was and, and, and tell them the truth. And I always told them the truth, whether it was good news or bad news. If they asked me, I told them the truth. Yeah. Um, you saw a little bit of that this year when we had to do some things that we didn't really like doing, releasing players. And uh, so you're around that a little bit, know how difficult that is. But um, that was a big part I think that really helped me manage was understanding that from a player's perspective, which you would think I would have had that <laughs> as a player for all those years. But um, it's really important to be able to communicate with the players and, and be honest with them and tell them what's going on. What was the what was one of the crazy things that you tried doing that looking back was like, yeah, that was insane. Well, you always heard, you always heard about garden line. You know, late in the game, guarding the line. You know, you want them, want them to get three hits instead of a double-double, two hits to score a run. So one year, I guarded the line the whole year when you usually do it in the seventh inning or later. I did that. And the next year, I never guarded it just to see how the outcome would be. Because there's always was a, a big discussion about guarding the line, not guarding the line. And obviously, after going through it, I lost more games not guarding the line than I did guarding the line. We made it interesting, those little ground balls that got through that six hole a lot of the times, but uh, we made them get three hits. So now everybody, I think, kind of does, you know, pitcher, hitter, situational type thing in that aspect. And I think that's what I ended up doing, too. What what changes would you want to see to professional baseball? Um, a National League guy played National League, thought it was just a great league with pitchers hitting. <laughs> As a manager, I don't want my pitcher hitting. I don't want him running the bases. I don't want any of that happening. You know, um, I would like to see the DH go in both leagues. All, all my ex-teammates are screaming right now at me about it. But um, I looked at it more as a manager and excitement of the game, what we need more of in, in professional baseball. And I think adding the ninth hitter makes a big difference. So, but I mainly don't want because I don't want to see the pitchers get hurt I don't want to I don't want to see a pitcher hit I don't like pitchers I don't want to see them hit so <laughs> but I found out managing how important they are <laughs> yeah what is it what's what's something that just handling pitchers as a manager you learned over time too because that's a different beast than working with hitters and position players it's the hardest thing it's the hardest thing is dealing with pitching um in the mileage you're developing pitching so a lot of times it's 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 dictated for you who's pitching and how much they pitch and all that, which makes it a lot easier. Um, but you have to learn, especially as a positional player, not knowing that much about pitching, uh, you have to know about pitching. You have to know about pitchers and how they practice and how they are after tough losses and stuff like that. Or when they, you know, it's, it's really, really hard. And then 
making decisions on when to take guys out and when not to take guys out. And um, I'm a big believer in starting pitching. I probably lost more games leaving starting pitchers in the game because I thought it was important that they learned how to pitch when they've got pitches under their belt and getting late in the game, which I thought was very, very important, which has completely changed uh, in baseball today. So, um, and that aspect is really hard. And one of the things that I did, uh, Jeff Jones, who was my pitching coach for a lot of years, um, told me to go to the bullpen in spring training. That's where I went. And that's where I learned about pitchers and, and all the things that they do. And as we know, as hitters, we have a routine. They also have routines too. The eight pitches between innings, how many pitches they throw before the game, they get loose and all that. So uh, I actually was a bullpen coach for a few. Buck Showalter had me uh, coach the bullpen. I found out how important leadership is in the bullpen. So I learned a lot just being around pitchers. What What's something that you would say when you're taking a pitcher out? Like, do you go out there and specifically say something or just – stick your hand out and they just give you the ball. I, I, I'm doing one or two things. I mean, they're talking about defense or I'm taking you out of the game. Uh, decision has been made before I left the bench that you're coming out of the game or not coming out of the game. So you're not going to change my mind. So I've always gone out there straight to it. And, and I've told the pitchers, if I come out, you're out of the game. So that's just the way it is. You're not going to talk me out of it. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I, that's what I had that. And I told them and, that's what we did. If I've come out to talk a little defense and how we're going to play where the infielder is going to play and stuff like that, I would come out to do that. I didn't go out there to tell them how to pitch. So. Do you think that pitchers should practice fielding ground balls more? Um, I think or you think that's something they shouldn't practice because it just makes them think even more. No, I think you need to practice it and doing it. And I think if you have some, some, know some of the fundamentals of catching ground balls. It helps you. Uh, a lot of the guys we've all seen, and you see when we did some of the, the defensive drills, guys that played positions in their high school or college level, they're so much better than everybody else. And the ones that didn't aren't very good. Um, so I think there's some little things you can do to help them get a little bit better. Um, but they have to learn how to do it. They just have to. Because you think about it, if you, you pitch seven innings where you've dominated, then you get a run around first and third and two outs, and you get a ground ball back to you, you throw it in center field and two run score. So um, that's something that that we're always trying to figure out ways how to make them better. Going uh, going back on the hitting side, what, what's something over your the time as a, as a coach that you feel has really benefited hitters that you've worked with? Like, is there something specific that you've said to them or that you noticed a lot of them doing and, and you started doing something different? You know, I, do, I didn't really talk too much. As you know, I didn't really talk to the players very much about hitting. My job was to support my hitting coach, was to support you at this year. And, and if you're working on, like, you know, when you're working on something, my job is to go and say, hey, it looks good. Keep doing it and all that stuff. As a player, um, we did a little bit of soft toss and T-ball and hitting off tees and stuff like that. Um, we hit off iron mics, the old iron mic machines, which I think really, really helped. Um, we probably, I mean, we took batting practice. It was just regular batting practice. That, that kind of, that kind of never changed. Uh, excuse me. That kind of never changed on how that does. I might've done some things different in batting practice and stuff like that. Um, 
but I think the the thing that helped me the most and helps, I think every player is getting to some kind of routine. And we've talked about it obviously many, many times. Um, that's what was what your routine? My routine was go down the cage, which is a lot like we, you know, I think most guys do now go down the cage. Um, ben Hines and Manny Miller were hitting coaches I went through, especially with Ben and, and we'd go down and Ben came from a college and came up to the major leagues and, and was a really, really good hitting coach. And we worked off the tee. We worked soft toss. I don't like soft toss on the side. I like it straight on, which most people do anyway now. Um, and we just worked on the swing, <laughs> worked on the swing and worked on the swing. And, and he would talk to you as you're hitting and, and give you some kind of motivate you a little bit. Um, so that was my routine base. Was a lot of guys went down the cage, did some soft toss, did some tee work, went on the field. Um, and then just took some advice from some veteran players of what they did in batting practice, you know, trying to find the head of the bat early when you're hitting the ball. And, and then as you get loose, start turning it up a little bit, you know, most what, guys, what advice would some of the veterans give you? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the, I had uh, Bill Madlock, we were playing in Montreal and Jeff Reardon's pitching, which was one of the top closers back then. And I was sitting there and he was on, on deck circle. Madlock was, and, he gives up a base hit to put the tying run at third base. And he comes and takes the, the weight off the bat, looks at me and goes, first pitch fastball. Goes out there, first pitch fastball. Who's Malik's one of the greatest fastball hitters ever? Um, base hit to tie the game. Now I can't wait for this game to be over. <laughs> so I can go talk to him and see why are we looking fastball to a, you're the best fastball hitter in the league. And he basically just came in and said, what's his best pitch? His best pitch is fastball because he just got beat on a breaking ball. So he's not going to get beat on that breaking ball again. And he ends up, you know, so you, you learn a lot. Those guys are good hitters for a lot of reasons. They have very good fundamentals and they really know what to look for and, and how to hit and not try to do too much. That was a big thing, I think, more than anything that I thought from them. And we talk about a lot getting too big, I think, is one of the things now. And they were always saying, hey, you know, calm it down a little bit <laughs> you know don't try to hit it 800 feet when you can't hit it 800 feet um so i think that's a big part of it is just being around talking to them and watching them and how they prepared for the games which is very very important um because there was a lot of guys doing a lot of different things to get ready for the game what about taking pitches to help with swing decisions well i was fortunate enough that in the minor leagues i hit either first or second a lot and, and part of that was to take pitches, is to let guys steal when you're hitting second, um, to get on base. And then when I got to the major leagues and I was hitting eighth, which is the hardest place to hit in all of baseball, because you got the pitcher hitting behind you and you have to take pitches. And I think what it does more than anything else, it teaches you not to be afraid of two strikes. Um, obviously, we had situation, the game has changed a little bit in that aspect that we went up there and were told to take a little bit. And I took balls right down the middle of the plate and not happy about it. <laughs> and some of those situations and where you're, especially when you're facing a good closer late in the game. So I think there's always a spot for taking. And I think sometimes when you're not seeing the ball, or you're struggling a little bit, seeing some pitches I think will help. What are, what are some of those routines you said some of those really good players would have? Um, Eddie Murray was a guy that obviously played in the, and played every day and, and Hall of Famer was a great player. And I was with him for at least one year, maybe two. Um, and sometimes he would go down to the cage and, 
had a string with a little wiffle ball on it and would hit it and do something. Really? Yeah. And some days he just didn't hit. And his batting practices were interesting where he tried to, you know, just find the head of the bat his first couple of times swinging. And then, <clears throat> excuse me, he would turn it up and then just start crushing balls. Um, there was some guys that, that didn't hit very much at all. Uh, I knew some players in Dusty in spring training, we'd go out there and hit and they'd hit like 12 straight line drives and they just put the bat down and go to the outfield. You know, I'm like, we still got 15 minutes to hit, you know, what am I going to do? Hit 18 more line drives. So I think they have a pretty good understanding of what they need to prepare themselves for the game. And it's all over the board with different things that happen. And I think that's what the interesting part as a hitting coach is, is to find that, especially young players, they got to find it and be able to try different things, which is really, really hard. And I would have been, I wouldn't have liked doing a lot of changes <laughs> as a young player because I struggled. Um, but I think that would have helped me at the major league level when let's try something different because it's not working. But um, but they all had some kind of routine, every single one of them, and they stuck to it. When you talk about those Hall of Fame players versus just everybody else, was there anything else that sticks out like this is one of the reasons why he's so much better than everybody else? Bad games didn't affect him. One, they knew they were going to hit. <laughs> they didn't bother him. An 0 for 4, <clears throat> 0 for 4 didn't bother him. 0 for 8 didn't bother him. They didn't have very many 0 for 8s. Um, I didn't have very many 0 for 8s either because 0 for 4 I didn't play. But um, <laughs> but that didn't affect them at all. Um, they cherished opportunities to be at the plate to win the game. They wanted to be up there. They were the guy. They wanted to be there. They had fun playing. <laughs> believe that I imagine that guys having fun playing the game because as a young player I wasn't having very much fun and these guys were just having a great time playing and I you know if I had your swing I'd be happy too but um but do you think you would have played better if you would have had fun oh I did play better because I, I figured it out after three or four years I just told myself I'm gonna have fun and I can tell you exactly when it happened after the 87 season. I just said, I'm not having any fun. I played in the big leagues for four or five years. I've been miserable. Um, so I'm just going to have fun. And of course the next year is 88. I had my best year and we win the world series. Love it. So that goes to tell you having fun is. And, and then I started coaching third base and I went back to myself <laughs> before and Glenn Hurdle said, have some fun, Dave, <laughs> just enjoy it. So started having fun. And went to two World Series. So, <laughs> the more the story, have fun. Yeah, that's what it is. You got to enjoy. If it's not having fun, why are you doing it? It's not fun. So, do you, I think, mean, you, do you think you can teach players to accept failure? Like you said, those guys, those Hall of Famers, they, oh, like failure didn't bother them. Do you think you can teach that? Um, I think you can learn it, but I think I think it's like anything. You have to go through it. Because <laughs> just—I mean—I can sit there and 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 try to create an atmosphere where it helps you be better at that by having fun and you know when you had the bad game or whatever we talked about it and learning experience and that whole thing. Um, but I think you just have to go through it and you have to tell yourself, uh, you know, because one bad game can turn into four bad games. Professional baseball, so you just got to. You got to let it go, but you got to let it go the other way too. When you have really good games, it's the same thing game's over. So I, I think that's just something you have to go to. And, and now with the, with the, um, 
sports psychologists and all that stuff, which I would have loved to have when I was playing because I was tired of going to my room at three o'clock in the morning with a bat looking in the mirror. Um, I think that would have helped me a lot too, to have someone to talk to who's not in the inner circle with the baseball, with the guys, you know, especially if you're a young player and you're kind of timid about going to ask questions. I think that would have helped me a lot. Um, problem is I've been there every single day <laughs> and I thought I was crazy but I think it would have helped me get through some of the times the struggles that I went through a lot of it easier um, so I'm a big supporter of that um, but I, it's like anything you just have to experience you have to learn from it and you you have to do it what's next for Dave Anderson what's next in the in the baseball world um as of right now there's there's I don't have anything right now um obviously if something did fall, I mean, I'm in a position right now. I, I think that um, I kind of do what I want to do. And if something comes up that I want to do, then I'll do it. If not, not, I mean, I have a lot of things going on here. I mean, yeah, no, you're busy since our last game, uh, September 20th, I think it was, or 19th, whenever we left, um, I've gone nonstop from that because of uh, some things business-wise, and of course, my family, my daughter, I, one of my, my one of my twin girls broke her arm in gymnastics, so we're rehabbing that right now. Um, so there's a lot of stuff going on, and you know, I think that you know, I, I've basically been doing this for 40 years, so so we'll see if something comes up. It comes if it doesn't, I'm fine with that too. I mean, I, I there's a lot of things that I want to do. You know, a lot of times people you know, announce their retirement and that, and I'm not going <laughs> to announce my retirement. I think what I will do at some point is call the people that really helped me a lot, talk to them and get some of that, go back to talking to some of those people and, you know, family, you know, go see my dad more, you know, do all those things that, that I haven't done very much. I think I told you before, I, I've spent 10 years of my adult life in hotel rooms. So, um, so we'll see. Something may come up that sounds exciting and, and a lot of fun and, and then uh, may go do that. But I have relatives. I went to a high school game the other day. Actually, it was a really, really good high school game. It was a seven inning game that was well played, double plays turn, and there was two walks and one hit batter. Wow. <laughs> but we also had, out of the first three innings, three innings, we had 18 outs. We probably had... 13 strikeouts. <laughs> so we're, we were carrying it back to the dugout a lot. But then as the game went on, it got really good. They played great defense. The other team started going the other way. We started hitting, running, doing some things. And the team that I was there to see win won the game. And it was a good, and, and, you know, in California, we have really, really good high schools here. And there's, and we've, it was one of the couple better teams. So it was fun watching it. Well, uh, we'll definitely be following whatever you decide to do. I will say you're the best BP thrower I've ever seen. So, <laughs> I mean, is, do you have any tips for people out there throwing BP? Well, I practice. I worked as you know, I, you know, we go on to the, to the batting cage, put the ball on the tee and start throwing at it. And that's yes. what I did all the time. And then growing up as a kid, I threw stuff balls at everything. And, um, and then I really had problems throwing early on and I wouldn't talk to pitchers and pitchers told me how to throw. And so then that's kind of what I did. And I love throwing batting practice. It's so much more fun than shagging. I hate shagging. So I'd rather <laughs> throw for an hour than shag for 30 minutes. So it's something I enjoy doing. It, it kind of relaxes me a little bit, especially when I was coaching third base, and especially when we went to like playoff games and World Series. It kind of relaxed me a little bit. You know, I'd throw batting practice and kind of get a feel for it. And so 
And you say Ron Washington had through through every day too with you guys and every day through every day and loved it too. He's an old infielder to himself. We just love throwing batting practice. And it's best when you throw in the good hitters. It's yeah, a lot sure. of fun on the good hitters because they <laughs> hit it so far. So it's a lot of fun. Dave, I appreciate it, man. This has been a lot of fun. And you know, I'm so happy that you were my manager this past year and in my first and, and maybe only year in professional baseball. So I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And, and baseball is baseball. It's yeah. where you can probably do the best for yourself when you're happy and having fun with her or, and being around as long as it's fun. I mean, that's a big thing for me with when, when it stopped being fun, it's time to get out. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, thanks again. Appreciate it. 